0: Well, good morning to each one. Greetings in the precious name of Jesus, the one who said, I am the way, the truth, and the light. This morning, I want to begin by reading four verses. And as I read these four verses, you will hear a word repeated in each verse. And let's begin with Psalm 8615. I'd like for you to see if you can figure out what we're going to preach about this morning. Psalm 86, 15. But thou, O Lord, art a God full of compassion and gracious, long-suffering, and plenteous in mercy and truth. The next reference is Matthew 14, verse 14. And Jesus went forth, and saw a great multitude, and was moved with compassion toward them, and healed their sick. The third verse is found in 1 Peter 3, verse 8. Finally, be ye all of one mind, having compassion one of another, love as brethren, be pitiful, be courteous. And then the fourth and final verse, we find in Jude, and it's verse 22. And of some have compassion, making a difference. (laughs) What same word did you see and hear in each of these four verses? Can someone tell me? Compassion, Compassion. all right. Thank you. This morning for a message, I want to look at what the Bible says has to say about compassion. The title that I have chosen for my message today is a question. And the question is, does compassion make a difference? Does compassion make a difference? Do you believe this morning that compassion makes a difference? Do you see compassion as a necessary Christian quality? If you were to make a list of Christian qualities, qualities that we must have to enter into the kingdom of heaven, where would you put compassion on that list? Would you put it on the list as very important or not so important? Or would it even make the list? The word compassion, as it is used in the Bible, means to be moved inwardly, to yearn with tender mercy, affection, pity, and empathy. It refers to the deepest possible feeling. The phrase, move with compassion, means to be moved in the inner organs. It has the same idea as our modern expression from the bottom of my heart. First John 3:17, it says, But whosoever hath this world's goods and seeth his brother have need, and shutteth up his bowels of compassion from him, how dwelleth the love of God in him. Bowels of affection, inward affection, true compassion is an expression of something from deep within us. Someone has defined defined compassion as sympathy coupled with the desire to help. Now, sympathy means the capacity to share feelings, to enter into the same feelings, to feel the same thing. So compassion is simply sharing the feelings of others and posing a desire to help them in their troubles. And so now that we understand the Bible meaning of the word compassion, I want to read the four verses again that I just read. And so Psalm 86, 15, But thou, O Lord, art a God full of sharing the feelings of others and posing a desire to help them in their troubles, and gracious, long-suffering, and plenteous in mercy and truth. Matthew 14, 14, And Jesus went forth and saw a great multitude, and was moved with sharing the feelings of others and posing a desire to help them in their troubles. 1 Peter 3:8. Finally, be ye all of one mind, sharing the feelings of others and posing a desire to help them in their trouble. Jude 1, 22. And of some, have compassion, making a difference. Can someone tell us where the word compassion is first used in the Bible. I'll give you a hint. It's in the book of Exodus. (laughs) You know, the word, while you're thinking, the word compassion is a word that we find throughout the Bible, but not near like some words someone want to guess give you another hint it's in the second chapter what was happening in the second chapter of Exodus who was just born Exodus Exodus 2-6 the very first place the word compassion is used is when Pharaoh's daughter came down to the river and she found the little basket, okay? So children, I'm gonna talk to you a little bit. Let's recall that story. You remember how Pharaoh made a law that all the baby Hebrew boys must be thrown into the river to drown. And after this law was made, a beautiful, healthy little boy was born to one of the Hebrew families. This special Hebrew family chose not to throw their baby boy in the river, instead, They hid him. They hid him, the Bible says, for three months. Now, this family knew that they could not hide this baby boy forever. They came up with a plan. They took reeds from the river's edge and made a little basket boat. They sealed the cracks with pitch. They made a comfortable little bed inside. They placed the little baby boy inside the basket and took him down to the river and placed the little basket along the river's edge, right in the reeds, or in the cattails, we call them. Well, sometime later, Pharaoh's daughter, along with her maids, they came down to the river to bathe. Pharaoh's daughter spotted the strange-looking little basket there in the reeds, and she sent one of her maids in to fetch it. The maid waded out into the water and got the little basket, and she took it over to the princes. And Exodus 2 tells us, and when she opened it, she saw the child. And behold, the babe wept, and she had compassion on him, and said, this is one of the Hebrew children. She had compassion on him. She was moved inwardly, which produced action. Sister Miriam came out of hiding and asked the princess if she would like for her to find a nurse for the baby. The princess said, yes, go find a nurse. Find someone who will take care of this baby. Well, we know that the baby's own mother ended up taking care of him. In fact, she even got paid for taking care of her own son. God does move in mysterious ways, does he not? And so back to our question, does compassion make a difference? I think so. It did for Moses. It really did. Turn to Luke chapter 10. I'd like to read 30 through 37. And I have another question here for us is simply feeling sorry for someone compassion Luke 10:30 30 through 37 And Jesus answering said A certain man went down from Jerusalem to Jericho and fell among thieves which stripped him of his raiment and wounded him and departed leaving him half dead And by chance There came down a certain priest that way, and when he saw him, he passed by on the other side. And likewise, a Levite, when he was at the place, came and looked on him and passed by on the other side. But a certain Samaritan, as he journeyed, came where he was, and when he saw him, he had compassion on him. The priest, the Levite, more than likely, we're returning from what we would call church work in Jerusalem. It is believed that as many as 12,000 priests and Levites lived in Jericho. They would travel this road on business to Jerusalem, kind of like us traveling back and forth to Harrisonburg. And so we can see the priest, we can see the Levite on the road back to Jericho. Maybe they had just spent several days at conference in Jerusalem, And now they are anxiously headed for home. And I'm sure they had good, legit reasons for not stopping and helping this man. We probably have done the same thing. You know, we may see a person holding a sign at an intersection asking for money or for food. Or we may see someone along the highway that appears to be in trouble what do we do? What do we do? Too often we pass by on the other side. Why? Because we know the guy asking for money could go out and find a job if he wanted to. You know, it's possible that man is faking it and he's making more money bagging than what we make out working hard every day. You know, the car that we see broke down on the highway. Well, you know, everyone carries a cell phone these days. And you know, all that may be true, but what if we're wrong? Have you ever thought about that? What if we're wrong? What if the man that's holding the sign is really hungry? What if the guy broke down along the road really needs help? The man in this story had a real need. He really did. And who stopped him, or and who stopped and helped him was the last person that a Jew would expect to do so. It says, but a certain Samaritan. We talked about Samaritans in our Sunday school class this morning. Jesus was called a Samaritan. The Samaritans were low class. They were considered religious half-breeds. They were despised by the Jews. But this Samaritan, as he journeyed, came where he was, and when he saw him, he had compassion on him. And so back to our question, does compassion make a difference? Does compassion make a difference? Let's keep reading. Verse 34, and went to him and bound up his wounds, pouring in oil and wine, and set him on his own beast, and brought him to an end, and took care of him. And on the morrow, when he departed, he took out two pence and gave them to the host, and said unto him, Take care of him, and whatsoever thou spendest more, when I come again, I will repay thee. Which now of these three, thankest thou, was neighbor unto him that fell among the thieves? And he said, He that showed mercy on him. Then said Jesus unto him, Go, and do thou likewise. What does the last phrase in verse 37 Suggest to you? Is this a suggestion? Or is it a command? You know, Jesus didn't just come to this earth to tell us interesting stories. He came to show us an example that we may follow his steps. That is our calling, according to 1 Peter 2, 21. Jesus said, Go, and do thou likewise. Let's now look at a father who showed compassion. You can turn to Luke chapter 15. The story is known as the story of the prodigal son. Luke 15, I'll start reading at verse 11. And he said, a certain man had two sons. And the younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the portion of goods that falleth to me. And he divideth unto them his living. And not many days after, the younger son gathered all together and took his journey into a far country, and there wasted his substance with riotous living. And when he had spent all, there arose a mighty famine in the land, and he began to be in want. And he went and joined himself to a citizen of that country, and he sent him into his fields to feed swine. And he would fain have filled his belly with the husk that the swine did eat, and no man gave unto him. And when he came to himself, he said, How many hired servants of my father have bread enough and to spare, and I perish with hunger? I will rise and go to my father, and will say unto him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before thee. And I am no more worthy to be called thy son. Make me one as thy hired servants. And he arose and came to his father. But when he was yet a great way off, his father saw him and had compassion and ran and fell on his neck and kissed him. And the son said unto him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and in thy sight and am no more worthy to be called thy son. But the father said to his servants, Bring forth the best robe and put it on him and put a ring on his hand and shoes on his feet. And bring hither the fatted calf, and kill it, and let us eat, and be merry. For this my son was dead, and is alive again. He was lost, and is found, and they began to be merry. Now, if you were the foolish son in this story, who wasted your dad's inheritance in riotous or wasteful living, and you came to the end of yourself, and wanted to return home, how would your story end? How would your father respond? The father's compassion made a difference for this young man. The father saw him when he was still a great ways off. He ran to meet him, not with a stick, but with a heart of compassion, and fell on his neck, and kissed him. From what I read, it would not be cool for a man of this status to run in such a situation as this. Men didn't run, that unless something was chasing them. But in a situation like this, you didn't run. You just don't do that. But you see, the father, he didn't care if it was cool or not. He ran. His focus was totally on restoring the relationship between the two of them. And so, does compassion make a difference? I believe it did for this young son. Have you ever experienced fake compassion or fake niceness? It's pretty easy to sniff out. In fact, we say it's just gross. Fake compassion. But you know, true compassion can only be expressed from an humble heart. A proud person can only fake compassion. The Father had an humble heart. This parable gives us a beautiful picture of our Heavenly Father. Psalm 86, verse 5 For thou, Lord, art good and ready to forgive, and plenteous in mercy unto all them that call upon thee. Psalm eighty six fifteen. But thou, O Lord, art a God full of compassion and gracious, long suffering, and plenteous in mercy and truth. We see all these attributes of God in this parable. God's forgiveness and compassion has made a difference for you and I. 2 Corinthians 5:17 Therefore if anyone is in Christ he is a new creation old things have passed away behold all things have become new We all know what it's like to be in the shoes of that prodigal son Compassion does make a difference Let's now look at how Jesus showed compassion. Just a brief study of the Gospels reveals the truth that his compassion knew no boundaries. Jesus felt the needs of all classes and races of people. He felt compassion for the sick and healed them. He felt compassion for the scattered and shepherd them he felt compassion for the sinner and forgave them he felt compassion for the grieving and raised their dead he felt compassion on the seeking and showed them the way to eternal life he felt compassion for the hungry and gave them food to eat many of the things that jesus showed compassion in he experienced himself jesus knew the feeling of pain He knew what it felt like to be deeply hurt. He was tempted in all points like we are tempted. And as a result, he is able to enter in to our hurts with us. He is able to feel our pain. Turn, if you would, to Mark chapter 8. I'd like to read 1 through 10. Here in this account, Jesus shows compassion to the hungry. And I will read this account in the New King James Mark chapter 8 verse 1, in those days, the multitude being very great and having nothing to eat, Jesus called his disciples to him and said to them, I have compassion on the multitude because they have continued with me three days and have nothing to eat. And if I sent them away hungry to their own houses, they will faint on the way for some of them have come from afar. Then his disciples answered him, How can one satisfy these people with bread here in the wilderness? He asked them, How many loaves do you have? And they said, Seven. So he commanded the multitude to sit down on the ground. And he took the seven loaves and gave thanks, broke them, and gave them to his disciples to set before them. And they set them before the multitude. They also had a few small fish, and having blessed them, He said to set them also before them. And they ate and were filled. And they took up seven large baskets of leftover fragments. Now, those who had eaten were about 4,000, and he sent them away. Did Christ's compassion on these 4,000 people make a difference? Can you imagine being with Jesus three days? I don't know if they were out of food. Those complete three days, but apparently they had ran out for some time. Jesus had compassion on their physical need. Jesus showed compassion in many ways throughout his earthly ministry, and I believe those examples give us an insight of the compassion that Christ has for you and I. You may have heard this story of a man who fell into a pit and could not get himself out. So the man is in the pit, and a Christian scientist came along and said, you only think that you're, I'm sorry, you only think that you are in a pit, and goes on. A Pharisee came by and said, only bad people fall into a pit. And goes on. A compassionless fundamentalist said, you deserve your pit. A charismatic said, just confess that you're not in a pit. A Presbyterian comes by and says, this was no accident, you know. A Methodist came by and said, we brought you some food and clothing while you're in the pit. A Mennonite came by and tossed down several gospel tracks CDs to the man in the pit. An optimist looked down and said, "Things could be worse." A pessimist looked down and said, "Things will get worse." Now Jesus, now Jesus, seeing the man, took him by the hand and lifted him out of the pit. Folks. This is the nature of Christ and his compassion. This is the spirit that we need operating in us this morning. The psalmist said in Psalm 40, verse 2, He brought me up also out of a horrible pit, out of the miry clay, and set my feet upon a rock, and established my goings. And he hath put a new song in my mouth, even praise unto our God. Many shall see it. And fear, and shall trust in the Lord. Yes, Christ's compassion has made a difference. Our compassion for others is an ex. And I'm sorry. I'm going to start over. Our compassion for others is an expression of the love of God in our hearts. First John chapter three, I'd like to read fourteen through eighteen. First John three fourteen. We know that we have passed from death unto life, because we love the brethren. He that loveth not his brother abideth in death. Verse 15. Whosoever hateth his brother is a murderer, and ye know that no murderer hath eternal life abiding in him. Hereby perceive we the love of God, because he laid down his life for us, and we ought to lay down our lives for the brother. But whoso hath this world's good, and seeth his brother have need, and shutteth up his bowels of compassion from him, How dwelleth the love of God in him? My little children, let us not love in word, neither in tongue, but in deed and in truth. Verse 18 reminds us that talk alone is cheap. Or like the book of James says, faith without works is dead. Action should follow our talk. The story is told about a farmer who lost his barn to a fire one night. And I'm not sure I got all the details straight on this little story, but I'll share it as I remember it. But this man, Farmer Brown, he lost his barn to a fire. The next day, two neighbor farmers drop by. The first farmer, he shows up, he puts his arm around Farmer Brown's shoulder and tells him how sorry he's feeling for him He assures the man, Farmer Brown, he assures Farmer Brown that that God is good, even in hard times. And before he left, he even had a little time of prayer with Farmer Brown. The second neighbor, he too was feeling sorry for the man who lost his barn. And he too wants to go over and talk to Farmer Brown. But before he leaves, he backs up to his barn and loads up his truck with a load of hay. He drives over to Farmer Brown, pulls in his lane. And he says, Farmer Brown, I brought you a load of hay. Where do you want me to put it? My little children, let us not love in word, neither in tongue, but in deed and in truth. All right, let's now go to Matthew 25. I ask you at the beginning of the sermon... Do you see compassion as a necessary Christian quality? I don't know where you put having compassion on your list of important Christian qualities. If it wasn't high on your list, I hope it has moved up, maybe a little. I'd like to read verse 31 through 46 of Matthew 25. When the Son of Man shall come in his glory, and all the holy angels with him, then shall he sit upon the throne of his glory. And before him shall he gather all nations, and he shall separate them one from another, as a shepherd divideth his sheep from the goats. And he shall set the sheep on his right hand, but the goats on the left. Then shall the king say unto them on his right hand, Come, ye blessed of my father, inherit the kingdom. Prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was and hungered, and you gave me meat; I was thirsty, and you gave me drink; I was a stranger, and you took me in; naked, and you clothed me; I was sick, and you visited me; I was in prison, and you came unto me. Then shall the righteous answer him, saying, Lord, when saw we thee and hungered, and fed thee? or thirsty, and gave thee drink? When saw, we, when saw we thee a stranger, and took thee in, or naked, and clothed thee? Or when saw we thee sick, or in prison, and came unto thee? And the king shall answer, and say unto them, Verily I say unto you, Inasmuch as ye have done it unto one of the least of these my brethren, ye have done it unto me." Then shall he say also unto them on the left hand, Depart from me, ye cursed, into everlasting fire, prepared for the devil and his angels. For I was in hunger, and ye gave me no meat. I was thirsty, and you gave me no drink. I was a stranger, and ye took me not in, naked, and ye clothed me not, sick and in prison, and ye visited me not. Then shall they also answer to him, saying, Lord, When saw we thee a hungered, or a thirst, or a stranger, or naked, or sick, or in prison, and did not minister unto thee? Then shall he answer them, saying, Verily I say unto you, Inasmuch as ye did it not to one of the least of these ye have done it, ye did it not to me. And these shall go away into everlasting punishment, but the righteous into life eternal. Here we see two groups of people. One group showed compassion. The other did not. Both groups had opportunities to show compassion. One group saw the opportunities and took action. The other group somehow completely missed them. One group showed compassion and didn't even realize that they were doing so. The other group acted like they didn't even know that there were needs. Both groups were judged on their response to the needs of others. One group was given the invitation, Come, ye blessed of my Father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. The other group heard, Depart from me, you cursed, into everlasting fire, prepared for the devil and his angels. I take from this account that having compassion for others makes a difference. It makes a difference where you and I will spend eternity. I believe it would be wise for us to take those words of Jesus seriously, those words that he shared after he told the story of the Good Samaritan I believe it would be good for us to take those words seriously and go and do thou likewise. We'll call for a closing song. song, but I feel like it very simply lays out um, God's compassion for us, and um,
1: as we sing this and see this, it may be a challenge to us then as well to have compassion on others as he has compassion on us.